0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, welcome to this edition of the Baby Bowl 2022 edition of the Baby Bowl. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts at Loafing It over on Twitter, and of course I am uh, joined by the daddy of the Baby Bowl himself, Rob Norton, at Norton0723. Did it sound kind of strange, Rob? It, it, did it get more realistic whenever I introduced it as 2022 Baby Bowl?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's sneaking up on us. It's uh, only, what, a couple weeks away? So... I think two weeks from tonight actually is is uh, the first first game. So coming up quick.
0: So the the the, the preseason ends this week, right? This is the last preseason. Only three pre- Listen, uh, old man, talk here. Okay, you're trying. You young blood, got to talk to me as the old man and try to explain all these newfangled rules and extra games <laughs> and lessened preseason, right? So three preseason games and then in a bye week before the regular season. That's how I've interpreted this because I I just can't keep up with it.
1: Yeah, I believe so. I believe that's how, how it goes. It's, it's definitely, it's funny because I kind of forgot about it, to be honest, because I I really don't pay a whole lot of attention to the preseason other than injuries or like close training camp battles or things like that. So I wasn't even really thinking about the fact that that changed recently. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I believe it's uh, a bye week coming up here.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've been paying attention to the preseason, and I even mm-hmm. toyed around with doing a little preseason synopsis, you know, on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, where I kind of went over the plays of the uh, the games with, you know, any relevance to the to to the fantasy football season itself. So maybe the first quarter, the second quarter, I got to learn a lot of things. Whenever I was practicing that, and I was like, okay, this is gonna be good. And then I looked at how many weeks there were, and then I looked at the regular season when it started. And I'm like preseason means nothing what what is this now because you know you, we used to be able to look into it like the third preseason game was when you could really tell who the starters were you can kind of get a feel for what the team concept was going to be that year because they were really practicing and really butting heads with the other teams almost like it was a real live game situation during the regular season and then week four was kind of just you know take the week off enjoy yourself before the season begins not, I, I don't. I don't know how to interpret anything going on in these preseason games, Rob.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh it's 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 so tough. I mean, that's the thing with these preseason games. Like you said, it's, it's just so tough to really interpret what's going on. Um, I mean, obviously, guys and teams will will talk about how they they uh, you know they're going to play starters a certain amount, they're going to do this yeah. this and that. But I mean. Really, how much of it is true? How much of it's smokescreen? Um, I mean, it's, it's so hard to decipher. So, um, yeah, I mean, the only things we can really take too much is kind of, kind of is uh, like the way I think of it is, you know, if there's a constant, they call it like a constant drumbeat of information, the same thing over and over and over and over from multiple sources, from even from the coaches, things like that. That, that's something that's like either concerning or very good. Um, depending on obviously what it is, like for example, like Damian Pierce, uh, with all right. the, all the all the all the, you know, buzz about him and looking good, and, uh, ever all the reports are le- he's looking good. He's starting to play with the ones. He's so I mean that seems like a, dr- a constant drumbeat in a good direction. Whereas like Antonio Gibson, the opposite way, you know, all the all the reports are are not very good. He's struggling with fumbles. The Team brought back McKissick, the team, you know, drafted Robinson. They, they putting them on special teams yep. at this point. It's like, that's a constant drum, beat, drum beat a bad thing. So when it's, when it's constant like that, that's something I've kind of take more note of the other things I kind of, you know, try to sift through and not, not pay as take it with a grain of salt a little bit.
0: Right. No, I understand that. And then even that Houston situation with Pierce kind of confused me because, Mm -hmm. Week one, I think he started... And Mac didn't play if I if I remember that one right. Then week two, Mac started and Pierce didn't play. <laughs> and now week three, I don't I don't <laughs> just it's just and then Rex Burkhead's catching patches and fumbling yeah. uh, whatever whatever do whatever you want to there, Lovey Smith. I have no idea. It's Davis Mills' season and I really don't care. Hey, baby bowl is coming up. Make sure you signed up for the baby bowl if you haven't done so already. Uh, check out Rob Norton at Norton 723 Make sure you check out his pin tweet. Don't forget it's up there. I think on the shows. Tweet as well at FI Today with a little underscore. You can check that out. Uh, there's descriptions all over the internet now at, at this point, or at least on Twitter. You can just type in Baby Bowl and you can find out a lot of different things. Great, great contest. Great uh, a Discord going on. Great different chats that you have. Have you opened up two chat rooms on Twitter yet, Rob? I did. Okay. All right. So you're you're getting all that stuff. Everything's lined up. Everybody make sure you get paid up. Uh, Insert Mm -hmm. that first lineup. You can always go in and edit it out a little bit later, but just make sure you, you get signed up that way. Rob, Rob, that last week people put in their lineups and if they haven't put in their lineup by Saturday, which a lot of people think about doing it anyway, before Saturday, but Rob Mm -hmm. just checks that to make sure everybody has that lined up. And I think one of the reasons why Rob is you're in multiple leagues. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you are in multiple, yeah. multiple leagues. And so it's always <laughs> difficult. And the bay bowl seems to be one of those last little pushes for a lot of uh, every year so far that I've been in it. A lot of people join up there at the end and it can kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit, just like every single league, whenever we set rosters, if you're in a redraft league, not in a best ball league, but in some kind of roster setting league, it, it could get lost in the shuffle a little bit. And so I appreciate you trying to make sure everybody stays up to speed on when to get those lineups set and so su- as stuff but i want to encourage everybody just set that first lineup you can always go in and edit it if you want to later uh but that really helps rob know that you are active and you are green lighted and ready to go for the season am i am i interpreting that right
1: yes definitely
0: (laughs) Okay. okay okay and uh so how many leagues are you in this year rob
1: wow um good amount Okay. I don't know if I want to say say it here on the on on there, make it public really? knowledge for my wife. No, I, I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, I think I mean not counting not counting um best ball leagues, of course.
0: Oh, we can't count um, best ball leagues, can we? I mean, I, I did no, I, no. I, I asked that question on Twitter. How many fantasy football leagues are you in? Great responses there. Somebody had ninety something leagues they were in, and uh, I was thinking about it. I'm like. Uh, and and I'm trying to make sure my wife's not in the room. But uh, I, I was thinking about you know I, I could be I could be pushing I could be pushing fifty sixty seventy easy with best ball leagues.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I'll be I'll be pushing that amount too. Um and that's the thing that's nice though with best ball is just obviously you can get more and more drafts in I don't know if it, i don't know if it's nice actually, but um <laughs> you know you get sucked in so it's so sort of addicting but i i i enjoy it especially like with the the slow drafts on on uh you know any of the sites yeah. to do do best ball slow drafts just' it gives a nice a nice way to you know still be drafting um get your get your it's to me it's more of a mock draft but with that actually has skin in the game essentially. Right um and it's mu- taken much more seriously than the people who just go in the mock drafts and mess and goof around and things like that but so yeah we, including those uh definitely but other than that i think i have 20 21 maybe somewhere in that range there's there's still one that's kind of up in the air um i haven't we haven't heard from the commissioner still so um yeah so that one i might it might be end up being 20
0: leads so how do you how do you manage all those? I know like JB, he he's talked about having Excel sheets and doing it over there on some Excel sheet. And me personally, I just fly by the seat of my pants. A lot of times I'm always like, I can't, I gotta get better organized. I gotta get better organized. It just doesn't end up happening. So I don't know how to do that.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I, I do have spreadsheets. Um, I use, I use like Google sheets or Excel, same thing, but, essentially like i have I have a spreadsheet for pretty much like I have a spreadsheet of all my rosters mm-hmm. um and a lot of times I mean most of the time I don't really change that in season you, in terms of the rosters.
0: do you download that like is that in a some some type of downloadable thing or you actually go in and hunt and peck and down and put in every roster you have?
1: I go in and put in everyone so like <laughs> yes so so for example, like I have a spreadsheet and it's titled. 2022 rosters okay. and what i do is like i have my i have my four keeper leagues up front and Then i have like um my dynasty leagues and i have my redraft and then everything and then i have uh, all the all the uh best balls so what i do though but no no is- no
0: you did not you're not putting in all the best balls too
1: oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a maniac when it comes to spreadsheets. I, I work on spreadsheets all day at work. So I, I, I love it. So
0: I, I bet you work, work wishes you worked on their spreadsheets a little bit more than your fantasy football spreadsheets <laughs> at work.
1: <laughs> they probably do. They probably do. But no, yeah. They, so what it, what I do is essentially. Um, most of the time I use this in the beginning of the season, just cause I like that. I like to look back on it next year too, because I, I don't change this once I draft okay. once, okay. once the season starts, I don't change it. So like, um, for example, like I have, you know, my, my dynasty rosters in there right now. Um, okay. and I don't once, whatever ro- roster I go in with in the beginning of the season, I don't touch this again until next year when I basically make a copy of it to start, for the following year, but what it, what it, what I do do with it is I go back in there and I basically know, okay, these are the leagues I'm in. Right. So right. I'll start with the first one and then I'll, so I'll see like, for example, in mine, it's my, it's called WCW. It's my longest running um, homekeeper league. Okay. So I see that one. And then I go into my app on the phone or whatever, and set my lineup, do my waivers for that league. And then I just move down the line and keep doing it for make it that. Make it that way, I'm, start, I just, start
0: that on Friday night. Get done by Sunday morning. Is that is that how it works?
1: Pretty much. It's a it's a <laughs> it's a process. But and then the other the other thing too is I I do use um, Fantasy Pros. So sometimes I do it that way, depending on okay. what what I'm want to do at the time. But on Fantasy Pros, um, you know, they have a nice nice uh, multi league. Um, yeah. Aspect where you can, you know, download all your leagues and they have obviously more features than what my spreadsheet does where (laughs) So they they got the whole, you know The ability to kind of give you the best free agents available in your league and like all these different features and things like that and You know the nice thing about it is that if you if you um, Just I think you can put like ten dollars on one of their one of their uh, partner sites yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And, and you can get um, a it for free.
0: I'm I'm holding out for a sponsorship. You know, maybe they'll maybe they'll just want us to talk about them a little bit more, you know. Maybe that's what yeah. fantasy pros will want to do, and then we'll have it. I got it there though. I I'm, I'm 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 eyeballing it because I do want to make my life a little bit easier with all that. So how many yeah. years past do you have on these Google Sheets? I call them Excel sheets. You're you know a nineties kid or something like that. So you got the Excel <laughs> sheets, uh Google Sheets. How how many years back do you save your lineups? How how long? So the, ro- the history,
1: the rosters themselves. I only have the past like couple of years, but okay. I do have another Google sheet, and this one has. It's a different one. It's all. I just have it named fantasy sports,
0: uh-huh. and this is
1: all every single fantasy league I've been in since two thousand six, two thousand seven. <laughs> so, I got a. <laughs> I got a. Uh, oh. The first tab is chronological order. And it's basically Uh-oh. broken down, like it starts out it says basketball two thousand six, two thousand seven, yeah. any any leagues I was in for that, the, the name of my team. <laughs> I
0: forgot about that. You're doing this for every sport you're in too, aren't you? Yep, yeah,
1: yeah. Place <laughs> my 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 uh, place I got in the league out of how many people, the cost, the winnings, and then the profit loss. Oh, and I have wrong. that for every league I've ever been in since two thousand six <laughs> and seven. And it's all totaled up. It's totaled oh. up by by season it's total totaled up by um grand total and then i also have in that same spreadsheet i have a tab for each individual league too oh rob and then so like my first tab is like i said that wcw league and i have 2007 8 9 10 all the way up through 2022 and i have every fin every every team name that i had i had every every place i've gotten every cost every winning and that way at any time i can just check the chronological order and it gives me my grand total or i can check any even any league and i can know how much i've put into that league how much i've gotten out of that league and and so on i i'm I'm pretty i'm yeah i'm pretty uh pretty pretty on it with the spreadsheets
0: (laughs) i don't don't know you made me laugh you made me cough that was good that was good i'd like to hear that though i've never even thought about doing that I, I actually have a little notebook that I've saved over the years of everything I've written down on bathroom walls. That's that's the only thing I have that would be archivable for me. That's that's it. And then most of them are just pictures and drawings of inappropriate things, Rob. That's that's all I have.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty close. I it's,
0: think. Something. It's, it's something. It's something. Uh, yeah, it's okay I'm joking. It's similar. It's similar. I, I, <laughs> hey uh but yes uh we look uh, here on the Baseball bowl podcast i got kind of a little sidetracked there because i was overwhelmed with all that i was picturing it in my mind and i can't picture google sheets very well so i was picturing notebooks is what i was picturing and that's a lot of notebooks but uh we want to go over uh, we've been walking you through the baseball season a little bit so we want to go over some of that stuff just some ads to add to your team that maybe you should stash and i'm sure if you're still playing, paying attention to baseball you're probably already doing this but if you just you know happen to be in the championship there have been that far before. Uh, just a couple of names there. Uh, and Rob, you're going to have to help me remember because I got up early, early this morning on some of those names. I got it, I got it right here. I got it right here. Um, in one league, I've already stashed these two guys. And this is a dynasty league, Rob, that I took over here later towards the year. Don't shout out the playoffs or anything. So I'm kind of thinking about rebuilding for next season. And I had to stash uh, the guy from, let's see, I, I benched him today because he wasn't starting, which really, actually, he hasn't started the last, like, two out of the five games or something. Montero, the third baseman from Colorado, first baseman and third baseman from Colorado. I figured I needed to take a shot at him. Looked like he had good numbers, though, in the minor leagues, and I, I hope that could translate. And so far, he's done pretty well in the majors, and being a Colorado player, you know that that's always going to be profitable for your dynasty teams going forward.
1: Yeah, he's an interesting one. Um, he, uh, like you said, lately he's been pretty good. I think over the last week, he's two sixty three with mm-hmm. three homers, six RBIs, four runs, and um, he's batting kind of in the middle of that order. Five six is uh, his most often lineup spot. He's a little bit at seven and eight, but but yeah, he um, he does seem like you said he's he's starting to. He hasn't played two of the last three, so I, I, we'll you have to keep an eye on that, but. If he keeps playing, like you said, Colorado is a great uh, park to hit in, so he could be someone to look into.
0: Hey, how you reckon you say that first name? Eli Haros? Eli Haros? Eli Haros. Montero. That's how I just Eliharos. say Montero. In my brain, I just say Montero, so I don't know who it is. <laughs> Uh, also another good one in the NA spot, maybe if you got an NA spot in your league is the guy from Arizona, the outfielder from Arizona, Corbin Carroll, Rob, I know you know a lot about this guy, but he should be called up before the end of this year. And I believe that the, uh, general manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, did I say Cardinals? It's going to be, it's, it's that time of year, uh, Diamondbacks. (laughs) I believe he said that he wants them to get called up because there's some, there's some new contingency stuff on draft picks that the team will actually receive if an offensive player becomes like Rookie of the Year or Offensive Rookie of the Year. They get uh, incentives to call these players up to be so that they can get more draft picks in the future, which is really kind of cool. I like how Major League Baseball has done that. And so mm-hmm. I- instead of what they have in the past is kind of kept those minor leaguers down there, they're kind of bringing them up to allow them to get playing time so that they do have a better shot at it next year. And I think Corbin Carroll is going to get called up here within the next week. Probably that's, that's my gut feeling.
1: Yeah. So I think the rule is like, like you said, they get, they get draft pick compensation if they win rookie of the year or if they're like top three or so, or whatever it is. But The thing is, is obviously, obviously at this point, he's not going to win it, clearly. Right. Um, So, but the idea being that he, they want to wait basically long enough to where he's not going to lose his rookie eligibility next year. And I think they said it's around like 140 at bats or something in that range. I thought it was
0: 139. I thought it was a weird number. mm -hmm. It's yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah so the, but the idea being that he wants to put him in the best position to win it next year so he, the what he's thinking I think is that they're going to try to get him just under that amount of a bath to get him get his feet wet you know in the majors that way he could start next year pretty much right away and give him a great give him give him a great shot at winning rookie of the year which would give them the diamondbacks a great shot at getting extra you know draft pick compensation and and like you said this guy, this guy is a guy you definitely want to stash. He's a um, advanced hitter. He, uh, he's a power speed kind of guy. I think he had 22 or like 23 homers, thirties plus steals and his, mm-hmm. you know, his OPS over a thousand and his, his, his walk to strikeout ratio is pretty, pretty good too, especially for, for minor leaguer. So um, especially for a young guy. So
0: yeah, yeah like as soon as he in comes redrafts up, drafts, even the rest of the season and in championship games going forward, if you happen to make it to the playoffs,
1: yeah, for sure. I actually, you know, I actually grabbed him in one of the leagues that I'm in. I'm in second place. It's a roto league and I'm behind in steals. So perfect. yeah, I, I grabbed him a day or two ago, actually, and I'm uh, just stashing him kind of on the bench and grabbed grabbed a couple of guys as well. Um, but hoping to make open that once he comes up, even if he I mean, my thought is, even if he doesn't hit hit great right away and for power, you know, he'll probably at least run a little bit.
0: Sure. And and the Cardinal uh, Diamondbacks have given the, the green light to the base runners a little <laughs> bit. If you look at like Rojas and and even uh Varsho, he's he's stolen some bases, so I think that he'll have the green light to do that. Another guy, I Stash, is Josh Young. It's young, right? It's not Jung, yep. it's it's Josh Young. JJ is and uh, hmm. that guy is a third baseman for the Texas rangers and he can mash the ball i don't i i got a little worried because he was actually on a uh whatever you whatever you call those things is dynasty minor league roster that i have and i got a little concerned because he had a big shoulder injury and i don't like shoulder injuries with power hitters especially mm-hmm. for about two years out. you know the, the shoulder injury has to heal about two years out. and um, But he has come back with a flurry. That guy is just mashing home run after home run, and I think it's going to be the same path as the Corbin Carroll guy for Josh Young. And the Texas Rangers sure could use a little boost. So if you're looking for home runs, that might be a guy to stash, depending on the player format that you have, uh, but especially in redrafts or dynasty
1: Yep, I completely agree. Cause I, it was the same kind of thing for me. Cause I was worried as well with the shoulder. And anytime I see like shoulder or wrist injuries with with hitters, like it really gets me nervous if they're like more of a power guy. Um, Cause it seems like those kind of injuries, like the wrist, the hand, the shoulder, really sap that that power. It seems like so. Yeah, it would make me really nervous. But like you said, he's already come back, and I think in 70 at bats, he already has up to eight home runs, over 1100 OPS, and he's, you know, 15Ks, seven, seven walks. That's, that's certainly fine and doable. So, oh. yeah, he's someone that definitely, if you're looking for power.
0: So let me get your opinion on this, Rob, and I'll also ask all the listeners. Listeners, you can get in touch with me, at it. you can tell me what to do there. Uh, or you can leave a comment on the show, dis- or the sh- inside the show, whatever listening platform you listen to it on after you, I think you got to subscribe to be able to do that, if I'm not mistaken. But, Rob, I got a, three trade offers in a separate Dynasty League. Now, look, keep in mind, this Dynasty League, it was finished at like 20 or 30 points last year or something. I got it in the fifth. I got it all year long. It's been in the 70s. And then I ran out of moves. I couldn't. I couldn't move anymore. I, I, hundred moves sounded like a lot at the beginning of the year, but I, I I'm not a patient guy. I'm, not, I'm just not a patient guy. I probably <laughs> should have been more patient, but I'm not. But here's here's the moves that I've been propositioned with. Okay, are you ready for okay. this? Ready. And I'll, I'll 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 break them down as best I can here. Carson Kelly. If I'm, I think that's is Carson Kelly. Yes, Carson the Kelly catcher. with Diamondbacks, the catcher. He wants me to give up Wilson Contreras, so that's the flip side of that. So Wilson Contreras, a plus player, A-plus, and it's an OPS league here. But in Carson Kelly's, there. then Adolis Garcia from him for my Christian Walker, huh? there's a lot of home runs gone. Abreu. And he wants Cortez from me, who went on the I.L. today. That that seems uh, – I like the Garcia one. I like the Abreu one. I think it's a down year, but he's still hitting 311, 852 right now. I can see him finishing with 20 home runs. That offense is abysmal this season. I think it could be better next year, but I think I'm taking an L if I accept that trade.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. And you said you're – you're you, who all exactly are you giving up again?
0: Contreras, Walker, and Cortez. For Kelly Garcia and Abreu, Cortez
1: Kelly. who I mean, the cop out answer is that if you don't need the pitching, do it. Um, I,
0: I don't, I don't believe in starting pitching. I think Cortez. You know, you can just, I, I could, I can get starting pitchers. Rob, I'm not. worried
1: about it. Right, and like you said, Cortez just went on the IL. So, yeah, I mean, I actually don't mind that. Um, I think I kind of think that you're in the better end of it, if you're really? especially if you're not worried about the the pitching,
0: sweet Willie, it, it gets me. Sweet Willie, you know, being a cub, <laughs> he, he gets me. He gets me. I have my hearts with Sweet Willie. I, but I, I, I uh, I'm I'm really thinking about this, that one. Then, then I got this one too. This guy's been after Austin Riley all year long, all year long, all year long. Okay. And you know how good Austin Riley is, and I mean he, this guy has. Raked me over the coals because I wouldn't accept a Freddie Freeman deal from him. Him and he was trying to make it enticing. You know, he's trying to give up a huge starting pitcher, and I just don't value starting pitching all that much. I could figure out a different way for starting pitchers. And uh, so, so he's been trying to entice me all year long with stuff, and I've always rejected it because I got. He was he was somebody who blasted me about my Wander Franco trade too. So I've just always he's <laughs> Mike Trout and Lucas Giolito for Austin Riley. <sighs> think about Man. the concerns. Let me ask you this: If and I, th- I think we could take Lucas Giolito's problems that he's had for finding the strike zone, etc. We might. I, I thought about it today because he finally had a good start yesterday after some really terrible starts Lucas Giolito had. I wonder how far back because all season long he's somewhat he struggled. He struggled, mm-hmm. and it seems like he's really struggled with control. And yesterday, I think even in his good start, he only struck out. Three people? Am I right on that in six innings? Three people, and he finally kept his ERA to a 142, respectable 142. I wonder if we can go back all the way to the sticky stuff ban with Giolito and see if there's been problems ever since. You know, that's just – because he can strike out 10, but he's going to have a 20 ERA at the same time. So I think control is a really big issue for Giolito.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised too, and I know his – the other the other concern is his velocity was down a little bit as well, like a mile per hour, and then his spin rate too, which also coincides mm-hmm. with probably the sticky stuff too. So it's interesting. Leguizamo is a guy I've always liked a lot. Um, he's I actually bought him, I traded for him in an um, a only uh, like keeper league recently, right at the deadline, uh, mostly because they have just a, just a cakewalk schedule down the stretch. So. I figured he, cause he had been taking advantage of like good matchups and getting blown up in bad matchups. And he has a lot of good matchups. Um, and he obviously the re- most recent one was the one against Houston, I believe. And he got blown up. Um, but the one before that wasn't too bad, but it was against a bad team. And then this one was against Baltimore. So yeah, I think he could, um, cause his, his swinging strike rate or his, his, his K percentage is still actually really good if I remember correctly. So he's still striking out guys. Um, I'm hopeful for him to kind of figure it out next year. So but the right. thing is, though, it's it's really tough because obviously Austin Riley is just a young stud. <laughs> for the and, next
0: ten years, you know. Yeah,
1: and and Mike Trout. I mean, as much as I love him, that that back issue too. Like he he has a degenerative issue. Like it's just I, I've always he and someone 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 once told me that ain't ain't nobody ever used to have a bad back. So. <laughs> It's uh it's, and it uh, wouldn't it's...
0: surprise me, you know, if Mike it wouldn't surprise me if in the offseason there's a press conference and Mike Trout retires. You know, I yeah. mean it just it sounds like one of those injuries, man, where he is gonna stay sidelined, he's gonna be sidelined all the time. I just I, I can't see doing it. I would probably be more inclined to do it because this guy's a big Braves fan. And he's he's done a lot, he's the commissioner of the league and so forth. So I think I could do some sucking up right here if I took this trade. But if yeah. he would just ad- if he would just admit that my analysis, because uh, Freddie Freeman and Austin Riley at the beginning of the year, and my projections of being miss- of missing out on about fifteen to twenty home runs if I made that trade, if he would just admit that I was right, I probably would be more inclined to take this trade. But I, I just rejected it. So <laughs> yeah. I
1: can't board. I can't blame you. It's it's a tough it's tough to give up a guy like that.
0: Okay, last one, last one, and we're getting to four more football. Sorry about the all the baseball distractions. Max Muncie and Joe Ryan from the Minnesota Twins, the pitcher for the Minnesota Twins here mm-hmm. for Camilio Duvall, a closer for the San Francisco Giants who has 18 saves this season. Um, a, a nice uh, over a, a, a K per nine or K per inning. Yeah, K, K per inning uh, strikeout rate here 258 ERA, 126 whip. That's it. That's all. Max Muncy, Joe Ryan, Duvall.
1: Yeah, I would take the the two guys for sure. And yeah. um, I mean, I love I love Joe Ryan, so I would I'd prefer Joe Ryan straight up. Even um, Muncy, has been I was really down on Muncy heading into the year because of this injury, um, mm-hmm. and it's a shoulder philo- thing,
0: all that stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just my philosophy of heading if somebody's hurt heading into the year, I'm probably not going to draft them. Um, so he was a guy I faded, and he actually didn't do re- well until he's he's come alive recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really on a good good stretch. But yeah, I would definitely take the the Muncy Ryan side.
0: Yeah, over the last month, he has a two sixty seven average and a nine thirty OPS. So if you look at the year long, he's got a 187 average and a 699 OPS. It's just not, it looks like it's healed to me. And when I look at Mm -hmm. the power numbers over the last month too, he's had seven home runs out of his 16 for the season. So this last 86 at bats. He's really just boogieing, boogieing, boogieing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, I was going to, I was going to throw in a couple guys, a couple names of some guys that have been really, really hot recently. Yeah. Um, Jake Fraley seems like every year at the end of the, it seems like every year is. I know last year for sure. I think he was with the Mariners down the stretch last year and he really came alive. He's a guy with great place plate discipline. So he's, he's gets a boost in points leagues and then he's has a little bit pow, power and speed and he's playing for Cincinnati. So it's a great park to hit in. Um, Bryson Stott has really came alive for, for Philly and he's, he's running a little bit too. And so if you need speed, uh, go at him because he's, he's hitting well too. Um, And then two, um, outfielders that have been, uh, really, really, really good, um, lately is, um, Jake McCarthy from Arizona. Right. He's, he's been running a lot. Um, he's especially good if you need steals. And then Lars Newtbar from, from the Cardinals. Uh, he's been, he's been awesome recently. Um, and he's been hitting, starting to move up the lineup he's hit lead off the past three days I, I i believe and yeah
0: you're you're absolutely right that's what i was going to say is that he's he's even batting lead off for st louis and it seems like they and, they had confidence in trading whatever that guy's name was that ran all over the place and then uh got traded to the yankees i think they had confidence in new oh, to yeah. take over that position
1: yeah that was um Harrison Bader, Harrison yeah, Bader. Yeah, they all
0: look the same to me. I was going to say yeah. Dylan, Dylan Dickerson, Dylan Carson, Carson Dickerson, That's, not
1: a- <laughs> I was going to say, but yeah, Newt Bar, for example. I mean, he's hitting 360 over the last week with three homers, ten runs, seven RBIs, just in the last week. And then in the last month, he's still hitting 305 with four homers, fourteen RBIs, twenty runs, and two steals. So, um, yeah, he's he's uh, seems like he's figured it out, especially you know in terms of plate discipline. And if he continues to hit the top that lineup, he'll be a great source of of runs and um, he'll chip in a little bit of homers and steals too. So yeah, he's a, he's a nice, nice ad. I've, I've added a lot of those guys um, in a lot of my leagues, especially um, like I said, Fraley, Fraley's good for both, but you know, he has that boost in points leagues with his high walk rate. So if you need, you know, guys, guys there, those are some, some good guys to add.
0: No. And conspiracy. Wes will say, I believe the the loaded balls that Major League Baseball has are following the St. Louis Cardinals around just in case Albert Buh- Pujols gets an opportunity to take a bat and get to that 700 home run mark. I I, <laughs> so I think that they got those buckets of balls and they're using uh, using them for the St. Louis Cardinals bats. That's what I think. As I going say, on right
1: now. you could you could be right. Maybe they maybe they they're even switching them out for Pujols at bats specific because he's. <laughs> <laughs> he's on no, a crazy I, tear it's it's I, it's ridiculous I,
0: I i told my guys and my guys know it in my home league that uh, i didn't say this but i wanted to say it last week but i i'm trying to stay away from these things but I thought that last week they were going to throw those loaded balls in there for Puholtz and Puholtz. All. <laughs> so <I haven't>, now, <laughs> after seeing them tear up my cubs, I think it's the whole St. Louis Cardinals. Rob, week number one, we talked about the NFL being right there upon us. And one of the things we're going to do this year, a little bit more on the baby bowl, is talk about uh, – the games, but we uh, which we did last year, but also prop bets going into the games. I think that'll help us decipher maybe what Vegas, who Vegas thinks is going to have a big game, and so we can kind of decipher on who we think we might want to start in the baby bowl at those different positions. I, I think that's a good kind of parlay if you if I can uh, parlay that into the baby bowl and the Vegas odds.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because um, obviously, you know Vegas puts those kind of odds out there for a reason, essentially with like player player props and things like that. So when you relate them to, you know, baby bowl or DFS or things like that, you can kind of get a sense of which guys maybe are getting a little undervalued or overvalued.
0: Yeah. And so this week one games, whenever we start thinking about the baby bowl a little bit, we got the bills and Rams. I know we're going to have some players starting out there and and one of the theories that we always have in the baby bowl, and I'm gonna re- I'm gonna write this on my bathroom wall so I can remember this each and every week, is to play them if you got them. And for me, not to outsmart the room and try to you know play somebody who look. We got what? How many how many games is there? Is there 17 games, 18 weeks of NFL action? Is that what we have? Yes, sir. Okay, so that means there's 32 teams in the NFL, right? Correct. Okay, so 18 minus 32, 32 minus 18, however you say it, That leaves me 14 players that I don't want to or need to play. Does that make sense to you, Rob, for me from a quarterback standpoint? I got 14 of them that I don't even need to look at. That bottom 14 of the NFL uh, quarterback rankings, quarterback tiers, whatever you want to say. For me, in my head, it makes sense for me to take them, lump them up into some kind of big old ball and throw them away, put them in that garbage disposal, whatever I got to do. But I don't even want to look at those. I just want to start the, 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 the best... 18 quarterbacks that there possibly is for me to start. That's what I want to do, Rob. And so whenever I look at this Buffalo Bill Rams game, there's nothing stopping me other than the Rams defense of starting Josh Allen. <laughs> I know I want hey. to kind of go matchup specific a little bit more here, but I, mean, I, I just, I don't need to start Carson Wentz. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to outthink the room. I don't care what his matchup is. I don't think I should care what his matchup is. I know I'm thinking wrong on that, Rob, because you're going to correct me, Mr. Spreadsheet, Mr. Google <laughs> Sheet, but I mean, I gotta do that for my brain.
1: No, yeah, I think you're on the right track. I do make it a little bit easier because um, I do only only keep the scoring through week 17. So oh, that's right. There is, yeah, I I always cut off the the final week just because it's so many, a lot of guys resting and things like that. Um. So yeah, um, but the like the same thought process, the same exact thought process. I, you're 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 spot on. Um, I kind of do that every year. I kind of, I don't really, I don't like map it out or anything like that, but you know, if I'm looking at my rankings in the preseason, I think there's about like 15 to 17 kind of QBs that are like pretty good. I mean, that you look at and you're like, Oh, these guys are pretty good. I could see, I could see this guy boosting up the rankings and finishing higher than this, this year. I could see this guy with some upside, things like that. So there's no reason to play any of those other ones. I mean, like you said, you're only playing 17. So, I mean, in the, if if there's a, to me, there's like a clear top 15. Um, and then after that, there's like Justin Fields with some upside at, at 16 in my rankings, and then you know guys like Tua and things like that. So even even then, you know, there are QBs that people a lot of people like. So there's no reason to start any of like, you know. You know you don't want to start anything like the baker Mayfields, Smith. chinos, and yeah, yeah, there's no reason to get mixed up in in that that kind of mess um especially we know that as the season goes on, values change guys yeah. guys come into value that you didn't even expect, so you might as well just start off playing guys you know are gonna do well.
0: I noticed how you kept Joe Flacco's name out of your mouth, which is very smart, Rob. I slept. I'll I'll reach through this microphone and I'll I, you know.
1: I figured I was I was making sure I didn't uh, slander hey, Joe I, Flacco.
0: Now, 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 also, I was trying to think of this. Last year, it felt like, and I'm trying to remember. I'm going back in the recesses of my mind. It, didn't it feel like we we did we were running out of wide receivers, or were we running out of running backs? <laughs> You know like towards the end of the year it, it, to me it kind of felt like I was running out of running backs I think more than I was wide receivers I was like looking at them going wow I got a lot of these guys left but I can't really remember
1: Yeah typically typically you th- cuz you just think about it for example you got to you you have to use at least two running backs per week and sometimes people will use three but so if even if you l- use only two every week for all 17 weeks, that's 34 running backs. If you just look at your rankings of 34 running backs, there's only 32 teams or whatever. So there's really, I mean, obviously there's committees and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, I generally, that's why generally, um, you know, I mostly play two running backs each week, unless there's like a situation where there's like three guys that might only have value for one week. Then that's when I'll look at, look at those playing those. Um, I did pretty well with, uh, running backs, having, having running backs, not feeling too pressured in throwing a guy, basically just a a hail Mary, um, towards the end of the year, but you can get caught up like that, especially if you start playing three a week, more often than not, um, you'll run out of running backs really quick. And if you don't use the guys that, um, come into value, like the Alexander Madison's and things like that. I know it's sometimes, you know, like you said, you haven't had great luck using them. And so it kind of turns you off from using them. But the, the hard part is that if you don't use them when you can, you may never get a chance to use them. And then n- then by the end of the year, you're going to run out a lot faster.
0: Yeah. I th- oh, well, I, my problem is I start looking at Alexander Madison, Madison's uh, backup because I'm like thinking Mike Boone's going to get the receiving yards. This- yeah, that's my problem. That's my problem. <laughs> uh, also, uh, when you think about running backs, I'm thinking about using the bell cow. "Quote unquote, mm-hmm. bell cow running backs, clear number ones at the beginning of the year, when that opportunities arise for them, and then saving the committees, trying to save committees, and this is just a theory, an, a baby bowl theory, saving the committees until somebody gets hurt, and then all of a sudden that guy becomes a bell cow. Am I? Yep. I'm letting out some secrets here of how Wes's brain works.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, those are some good secrets. Those are some good tips. Uh, that's exactly you know kind of the way that I always look at it too. Um, I definitely like to do that. Um, like for example, like a guy like Nick Chubb and cream hunt, um, I kind of wait, uh, until one of them gets a little nicked up and I'll use the other one. Um, now may that may never come to fruition, uh, you know, and we hope that guys don't get hurt, but the fact of the matter is they do. And so, you know, just playing the odds, you know, you might as well use guys, that are bell cows earlier on. um, You know, you look at the, especially, especially all the people that are out there scared to draft Christian McCaffrey. If they're playing in baby bowl, just use them, use them week one then. So if you're, if you're you're worried, if you're worried, a guy's going to get hurt, use them early in the season. Um, That's what kind of makes it cool too. A cool aspect is, you know, a lot of people don't like drafting injured or what they consider injury prone guys. Um, Well, in baby bowl, you just use them early in the season, then you don't even got to worry about it the rest of the season. So, yeah.
0: uh, and and something else I was thinking about for wide receivers, for tight ends, for quarterbacks, kind of a thing. Uh, and mm-hmm. these are baby bowl trips, tips and tricks is i uh, Is I'm not, I'm going to refrain from using unless, of course, they go out for breakfast like Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford did <laughs> last year. And I haven't heard many reports about that right, so far this off season. I, I'm going to refrain from using like. A Devonte Adams, Derek Carr uh, connection there at the beginning of the year. I'm going to let him. I'm going to let him get acclimated to one another a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to refrain from using Carson Wentz in his situation of switching teams, a Baker Mayfield, of switching teams and trying to get acclimated to a new offense, or maybe you know just a new coach in a new offensive scheme as well. Uh, that may be an error because my my it might come back and bite me because that team has been practicing maybe the offense isn't on film and the defense doesn't know how to react to that or you know do do something to con- uh, combat whatever offense they are running or offensive scheme they are running so but i i, I want to stick with familiar fla- faces in familiar places is what i want to try and stick with at the beginning of the year with quarterbacks wide receivers tight ends
1: yeah no i think it's your your strategy of avoiding avoiding Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz is is going to work out really well. Um,
0: well, and I no. just, that's that's an example, you know, the, I know, a Matt, I know. a Matt Ryan in Indianapolis, even who we think can have a pretty good year, um, and he might be one of those players that I look at to be able to play at some point during the season. But right. I, I'm not going to do that week one.
1: No, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I I, I do agree. Uh, like. Unless it's a unless it's a situation where it's more established, like you said, like if it's a you know Stafford and Cooper Cup, go ahead and play them together, stack them together, try to get that upside, um, that correlation. But if it is like a newer, you know, a new guy on a new team, maybe wait a little bit to to see how it shakes out, what the what the role is on that team, Um, because it's not like you know, obviously, you can you can play them later on, you don't have to play them week one. So it's probably a little safer to see how those guys are going to play in their new schemes and uh, new teams and and go from there.
0: I think it's right. Hey, uh, Rob, we got uh, about 10 minutes left or so on the show on the Bay Bowl podcast here. Let's go over to those player futures like we were talking about and look at some of these odds. And we're going to get into those odds a little bit more, you know, like for player props. As the season goes on for the different weeks there, just to kind of get a feel for, hey, we like this prop. Oh, boy, we know he's in a smash spot. We got to take this over under here. We got to take the over on this one or the under on this one. But right now, player props, when we look at awards, I like looking at these things at the beginning of the year. It's kind of cool to me. Uh, just to see how good a value is. And a lot of good values on the board, if you ask me. A lot of plus 16s, a lot of plus 650s. Most Valuable Player Award. Usually this Most Valuable Player Award goes to a quarterback, Rob, uh, every year. Every year it feels like it goes towards quarterback. Uh, and let's see here. I got I got the past ones. Just to give you some names of who these p- people are. That is not it. There is a lot of window tabs on here. That's, that's Rookie of the Year. <laughs> It's, oh, here it is. Oh, that's not it either. Rob, where'd it go? I got Jim Brown. I think I went to the bottom of my page here. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Quarterbacks, twenty twenty. Aaron Rodgers. Who was it last year? Was it Matthew Stafford? Was it Aaron Rodgers your, last Rodgers, year? Rodgers,
1: I believe. Yeah, yeah. Back to back,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was weird. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers, two years in a row. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. Last, last person to win it that was not a quarterback. Do you know who it was? It was the twenty twelve season.
1: Oh, twenty twelve trying to think of who. My guess is maybe a running back, LaDainian Tomlinson.
0: He played for the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Adrian Peterson.
0: It was. Adrian Peterson was the last person outside of a quarterback to win that, I won't say Heisman Trophy, but uh, (laughs) win the Most Valuable Player Award. Really really weird to see that. And then it's a bunch of running backs again until LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006 and then Sean Alexander in 2005. Kind of weird, man, man. Just, just to see those things.
1: I didn't realize I, when when you said 2012, and I said Ladainian Tomlinson. That makes me makes me feel old. I, I I'm it's getting, times getting times getting away from me that uh, Tomlinson was uh his MVP year was like 2006 or seven or whatever you said.
0: I I got Google sheets that go all the way back to like Damian Tomlinson. <laughs> hey, this year, though, when we look at that award, so most valuable player, you got to look at those quarterbacks, I think, unless we just think that a running back could be able to grab a hold of that thing. But it has to take a really, really special year to do that. Josh Allen is sitting there at 650, Rob. Tom Brady is at 850. I don't know who I would give the edge to. I'd give it to Josh Allen, I suppose, in there. I don't think Tom Brady has the same kind of weapons. Josh Allen gets my little nod there, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, Josh Allen, definitely the favorite. Um, the big thing is obviously you want to be a quarterback that puts up big numbers on a winning team. It's basically the, the, the essentially, you know, what, who wins it. And, you know, Allen and Brady both have the chance to do the same thing. Allen is more exciting. He runs more. So he has that aspect to his game. Um, and so, so yeah, I do give Allen the edge. Uh, I
0: don't. I don't think Tom Brady can do it. I don't think he'll. I don't think he has the. I don't think he has got it in him this year. I don't think he, Patrick Mahomes is at plus nine hundred. Herbert's at plus nine hundred. Both of those guys are real good odds too. I I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers plus. They're not going to give it to him three years in a row, so he's out. Joe Burrow plus twelve hundred. He has a shot. A mm-hmm. shot. But we looked at those offensive stats from last year for him, and yes, he had that knee injury at the beginning of the year. He just doesn't compare to the rest of those guys uh, as far as the the yards and everything. I don't think Joe Burrow, he, he might be able to do it this year, but I just don't know. I don't, I don't plus 1200. I would take, I wouldn't put it on him.
1: Yeah. He's an interesting one because he does have like all those outlier efficiencies that are probably coming down, but he also has the chance that if they become more pass heavy, that could kind of offset it. And they obviously made it to the, to the Super Bowl last year. So there's expectations that the team is still going to be really good. Um, you know, so if they, and he's, he's got the, the fan, the fanfare. That's, that's for sure. People love him. So
0: he, he looks cool, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, a he's a fun Patrick, guy. He's already won it. He's already won it as far as swag factor goes. Russell exactly. Wilson. He, he ain't going to get it. He's off the board. Matthew Stafford, his shoulder thing. I can't, I wouldn't do that one. I wouldn't do press nope. Prescott at plus 16. I can't do that one either. He's missing a lot of his weapons at the beginning of the year. I mean, if he carries his team through the beginning part of the year, I just can't see it. I just can't see it happening for Dak Prescott this year. You stop me if I'm wrong. Right, just...
1: No, yeah, yeah, I I, I I, don't. I mean, I like Dak Prescott in general overall, but I agree. I, I don't see him winning MVP.
0: Okay, MVP. Jalen Hurts, MVP, plus 2,000. I'm not going to do a Kangas impression this week. Uh, <laughs> but Jalen Hurts, plus 2,000, really looks nice to me. He has better weapons this year than what he's had years in the past, his offense is a year older i guess and that's in that system mm-hmm. he is uh, i it, everything sets up for me for jalen hurts in this one man plus 2000
1: yeah i actually like the i like his you know uh, the fact that he's getting better odds than um, you know a bunch of the guys in front of him i i like that you know there's again they the the main downfall i think for the eagles is is that are they going to win enough games for him to really be considered in there? Because um, they have think a about, chance. Think they
0: about have a that chance. Division though, think about that division. I, that's that's know? what I was
1: going to say. The division is not strong, so they definitely have a chance to win the division, and they have a chance. They have a they have a one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. They added AJ Brown. Obviously, he runs a ton, which uh, helps out uh, adding stats to his his resume. Um, so he's he's definitely got a shot. I w- I don't mind throwing throwing some money on him.
0: Okay. Uh, I got another one. Lamar's at plus 2,000. I don't think mm-hmm. he has it. Kyler Murray ooh. plus 2,000. I don't think he has it. I know you like the Lamar one. Aren't you? But I, love, I, I, love... I just mentioned two running quarterbacks, so I knew you were going to go, ooh. I knew well, you...
1: that's the thing is Lamar, Lamar, even even in a down year, what consider, people considered down the year last year, still was putting up big numbers and he was getting hurt. Now, and the other thing that I love about both of these guys, one, they run a lot. Two, they both have upside to run for 800 or 1,000-plus yards as a quarterback, and they both have the ability to throw for 3,500, 4,000-plus yards.
0: Lamar and Jalen or Lamar and Kyler?
1: Kyler has more upside passing than Lamar.
0: Yeah, but Kyler, uh, Kyler he, no, he's not on the board. I mean, they, they don't have any weapons there, and dude is driving around 100 miles an hour. I mean, he's uh, Kyler, I think, shortchanged.
1: Kyler Kyler I love I love Kyler's odds because they're going to be a good team they the last two the last two three years I mean they've they've collapsed in the second half but Kyler was the MVP favorite heading into halfway through the season last year before Mm -hmm. he got banged up and other players got banged up and then the year before he was he was borderline talking about MVP favorite so for me that's the thing is like they they did that last year without Hollywood Brown um, and with Hopkins out with Hopkins out Kyler has shown the ability to run more and he in Hopkins is going to be out early in the season when theoretically Kyler's more healthy so i could see Kyler putting up some monster games early in the season and if they as long as they win he's going to be the one putting up monster games Okay. so right. that's right, what it's i guess. Uh, it, well, yeah like i I'm, I'm i'm not saying they're the favorites but I, when i just yeah. look at players like that I look at if if they can rack up a big stat line, eye-popping numbers, and their team wins a lot, oh. they've got a good shot.
0: Yeah, but you know, 17 games for him, 18 games, whatever it is, 18 weeks, 17 games, that's a lot of games for a little fella like that. And I don't mean that in a derogatory remark. I'm just, I just – just he it's, seems to is. run out of gas, man. He seems to run out of gas every year. Derek Carr oh. is at plus 2,800. That looks juicy and enticing. Mm-hmm. That one looks nice. Kirk Cousins. Kirk plus five
1: thousand. I love that one.
0: We are just talking up the Minnesota Vikings left and right. You know what I mean? That defense, I don't think got much better than what it was last year. So every mm-hmm. game is going to be a shootout. You know, and and Justin Jefferson, new offense. That's the only thing that. Kind of goes against it for me is that he's in a new offensive scheme, but I think as the year goes on, he might get better in that scheme a little bit. Plus, it's Kirk Cousins, man. He I, does he even know what a scheme is? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's Kirk Cousins. He he's adapted before,
1: right? Exactly. And you look at his numbers. He's he he was actually I was showing someone the other day looking at his uh, player profiler. And his, his, I mean, his efficiency, his, his YPA and his completion percentage and things like yeah. that are just off the charts, really. Like people don't realize how good Kirk Cousins actually has been. Um, and like you said, I mean, hopefully Irv Smith will be healthy enough. Um, he's yeah. obviously banged up with the, the finger or thumb or whatever it is, the hand injury, but he's supposed to, he's on track to play week one. They also, KJ Osborne could stay, take another step up. They're talking about how they're going to be playing in, um, more three wide receiver sets this yep. year. They're going to be hopefully airing it out more. Yep. So, yeah, I agree. I, I love the odds on Kirk Cousins. And, and <laughs> you know, that 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 division isn't very strong. I know you're, you're Bears. No, 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 I don't no. want to sl- slander the Bears there. But the, the Lions, I mean, I think they're a fun team, but I don't expect them to take a full jump this year. And we could see, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, so you never want to doubt Aaron Rodgers. But we could see the Packers start to take a step back. Um, If the the Vikings are able to win 11 games, 10, 11 games or or more, and and Cousins takes a step up in in, uh, yardage, because he's already been throwing 33, 34 touchdowns a year. Um, So if he takes another little step up in yardage and and volume and touchdowns, he, he could be right there.
0: I think Green Bay Packers are going to be a ground and pound, ground mm-hmm. and pound, ground and pound Seattle Seahawks kind of running uh, just to offense this year. I think that they're going to slow that. There are, I think they probably run some of the fewer plays in the NFL already and they really counted on being able to convert on third down third and short situations or even yeah you know, they just weren't scared they weren't scared with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and I think that they are just going to really slow that game down a lot hey uh looking at some long shots here and if you see any you let me know but I'm 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 going to put out a couple okay I'm going to put out okay. a couple long shots long shots uh first of all Austin Eckler he was ta- being talked about as an MVP last season it's plus 10,000 I think that's a really long shot a guy who I have blasted, I think, unfairly. Now, after I've watched him play in a couple of preseason games, is Marcus Mariota. Granted, it wasn't against first string defenses all the time, and and gonna you know things are gonna change as the regular season goes on. And I do believe that he's in a really tough conference for quarterbacks there in ta- with Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and even Carolina. That's that's gonna be tough. That's that's a lot of navigating that he's gonna have to do. But he's at plus ten thousand. Marcus Mariota, and the odds for Atlanta are slim to none. But I'm sitting here looking at plus ten thousand, and I'm going, okay, if I put a quarter on that, that's a pretty good ROI right there. <laughs> so, yeah. But but you know we've we've just talked about the upside on him. So I saw him, and then on the on another one for plus ten is Car- Christian McCaffrey. If Christian McCaffrey does what he is ca- capable of doing, what we've seen him do, and if he can do that over a seventeen game season. I it's it would be incredible for him to do, and I would it'd be hard pressed not to give him an MVP unless somebody else just completely blows him away. And keep in mind, that is an outlier for a running back to win it. And Marcus Mariota, you guys know me; I'm just talking right now. Yeah, you know, it's
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing that's tough. Is yeah, uh, Mariota, Mariota. I I love I love Mariota, especially for fantasy. Um, I think he's better than people give him credit for. I think he runs a little bit more than people credit credit for. Um, the downfall is just the surrounding the, the Falcons. Like yeah, yeah. there's no way he, they, it, like I said, it's not bad for a long shot because it is a quarterback that can put up stats. The hard part is just if they can get enough wins. And that's the same, same hard part with McCaffrey too, is if he can get enough wins because I mean, I don't I don't like I said, I think they are good long shots. Obviously, they're long shots for a reason. Any of these guys down here, it's it's tough to pull the trigger on any of them, you know, yeah. But, Boomer
0: Esiason won it one year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mark Mosley won it one year for the Washington Redskins as a kicker. He won it one year. So Ken yeah. Anderson won it as a quarterback one year. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's possible. It's possible for some strange name to just come up there out of nowhere and and pull off something like that. I, I don't know that it could necessarily do it in this day and age with all the media and everything that we have. I just don't know if it could do it or not. But all right, uh, let's go over to Offensive Player of the Year. we got to zoom through this one because I want to get to the coaches for sure. And Rookie of the Year, I want to get through there. Uh, Offensive Player of the Year, that goes to a lot of different people. Jonathan Taylor, plus 1,000. Debo Samuel, plus 1,000. Cooper Cup 1,200. Um, this is going to go to somebody that's probably not a quarterback, Rob, because they'll give quarterback to the MVP and then they'll give Mm -hmm. offensive player of the year to a running back or somebody that Christian McCaffrey plus 2,500. He's right there for that. Yeah. It just jumps off the page to,
1: To me, I mean, he's what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13th, 13th best odds. I mean, for a guy that basically just. Has to stay healthy essentially. I mean, he, like every one of these guys, they have to stay healthy. And, but the thing is, is if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy all year and gets the same workload we've seen him get every single year, I mean, we've seen him get it even last year when he was. When he was hurt, like Mm -hmm. he in in any, I think the, the stat I saw was in any game that he played at least 50% of the snaps. I mean, how many, how many, how many running backs we talk about, we want them to get 70, 80% of the snaps, but this guy, if he just got 50% of the snaps, he was scoring like 22, 24 fantasy points per game, just 50% of the snaps. So, you know, he's, he's basically a guy and he's obviously put up a thousand yard rushing thousand yard receiving season in the same season before, you know, the the workload is unlike anyone else in the NFL from a both ground and air perspective. If he, he, if he stays healthy for 17 games and gets the same workload, he he's winning it. I mean, it's is right. to me, it's, it's just, he's on a different level of anyone you, else. So it,
0: yeah, if you scroll down a little bit more, you can see Austin Eckler at plus 5,000. He's down in there too. Big workload like, once again, uh, I like and, Eckler, too. Yeah, and MVP running last year a little bit and all that. <laughs> Scroll down a little bit farther. Saquon Barkley, plus yeah. 6,000. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift, plus 6,000. Uh, we talk about those all like you're just talking about with CMC. Those guys fall right in that Same thing. I know Najee Harris is there 6,000, but I just can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah,
1: I can't either. <laughs> I can't either.
0: But, but I mean, also... I
1: the thing with Najee is that we saw, we saw him get an insane workload last year. I don't think the workload's going up. And if he couldn't do it last year with the insane workload, I I don't, and and the situation hasn't changed enough to where like, Oh, all of a sudden now this offensive environment's going to be so good. And he's going to score 25 touchdowns or something like, or this offensive line is so much better. He's going to get his, his YPC is going to go up by a yard per carry and just going to be so much more efficient. Like nothing of that has changed to make me think like, Oh, hey! If this guy gets just as much volume, he's going to do that much better. So, I mean, he's a great bet for volume. But the the problem is, is that I mean, he his offensive surrounding isn't good enough to, in my opinion, to like really get him there outside of like insane lucky touchdown season.
0: Sure. And uh, over the last couple of seasons, there it's three different things. It's a, like the AP poll, writers' poll, and SP poll, or something. To give give SN poll. Uh, give give these awards out. But Cooper Cup won it last year, Derrick Henry the year before that, Michael Thomas, Patrick Mahomes, Todd Gurley, Matt Ryan won it the year before that, Cam Newton, DeMarco Murray. How about that name? DeMarco <laughs> Murray in 2014, Offensive Player of the Year. That's pretty cool to see that. Uh, a couple years back there, That another name, uh, Chris Johnson won it in 2009. That's my guy. It's fun to look at well, some of those CJ2K. names. CJ2K. <laughs> hey, uh, offensive Player, uh, Rookie of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year, okay? I think, it's, I think that's what it's narrowed down to. Last year, Jamar Chase won it. Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Dak Prescott, Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham won it the year. Eddie Lacy won it in 2013, <laughs> Rob. Dude, Sam Bradford won it in 2010. Uh, Percy Harvin won it in 2009, Rob. Percy Harvin. How about that name, huh? All right. Wow. Uh, yeah, Percy Harvin won it. Oh, love Percy uh, Harvin. Won an award. He won an award. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Brees Hall, everybody's darling, 850. Kenny Pickett, plus 900. You stop me when you go, ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I don't know if any of those, either one of those two are good. Sky Moore, plus 1,000. George Pickens, plus 1,000. I think a running back. A running back with clear opportunity has this award kind of wrapped up there. I know Jamar Chase won it last year, but I think we got to find the opportunities more than anything. Chris Olave. Olave? Olave. 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 Olav. 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 Yeah, you, that's a lave to you. It's tomato. It's <laughs> tomato to me. <laughs> Romeo Dubs, uh, eleven 1, hundred. Uh, Tolbert, twelve hundred. Garrett Wilson, fourteen hundred. So is Drake London, fourteen hundred. Yep. Plus fourteen hundred.
1: The fourteen hundred guys are are my two favorites. It, it's that's it's. I'm when I'm looking at this, I'm like, this is so crazy. I mean, Drake London and Garrett Wilson. I'm pretty sure were the first two receivers off the board in in, in the draft. They were like eighth and tenth overall. I'm pretty sure in the draft. There are like elite prospects, elite prospect profiles. Drake London's on a team that only really has Kyle Pitts and no one else. And and he's I know he's banged up a little bit right now, or he was, but you're on a team that is going to be losing and throwing a lot, and you have Kyle Pitts and no one else. I mean, and he was my top receiver heading into the draft, he was top receiver drafted. Um I don't understand why the guy with the elite prospect profile on a team like that with that was the first drafted is behind Romeo Dubs, who was like a <laughs> late round pick. I mean, this is when I right, just Teams, the hype. It's so, it's teams just, I
0: guess teams yeah, they play hype. on opportunities, stuff like that. Damian ah, Pierce so at plus sixteen hundred. All right. Look He's at maybe. Nice. At, yeah. Look at our RB one role. Uh, we talk about Brian Robinson, Jr. There th- plus thirty five hundred. He's he's right there I think with a good opportunity as well. I wish there was a quarterback that jumped off the page at me but I don't necessarily see that.
1: Yeah, the only the only way um one of these quarterbacks would have to take over early. I mean, obviously they have they have Pickett up there. I mean, it makes it seem like they're expecting him to take over earliest of these quarterbacks cuz it, really it's essentially whichever Last quarterback can yeah, yeah over your over our guy Mitch. But if it really, they just the the quarterback would be most likely to win it if it was like, I mean, if it was if if the quarterback was set to start for game one, that just doesn't um, happen. And it's just, yeah, it's not going to happen, especially with this class when Pickett was the only one drafted in the first round and looks like Ritter's the second one. And then Malik Willis down there is the third. But but yeah, it's it's. It's tough. Pierce is inter- uh, Damian. Pierce is interesting, obviously, because right. he's looks like he's winning that job and looking really good doing it. And like you said, if he can grab a hold of that role, um, running backs have often won offensive rookie of the year, a pretty good amount. Um, yeah, and and, and that's why Brian
0: Robinson, a, Brian Robinson, yeah, feeling to me too down there. Was yeah, a he's an
1: 3600? interesting. He's 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 probably he's honestly Brian Robinson might be one of the best like lo- longer shot you know guys sure. down here i would i would take robinson i would take robinson straight up over david bell if i was given the even david bell's 2500 i would give i would i would if robinson was 2500 and david bell was 3500 i'd rather still take robinson so
0: gotcha.
1: um yeah i like robinson's odds here
0: comeback player of the year i think this one's interesting too it gives a lot of big names for us to be able to look at and we go whoa 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 wait a minute what uh, Derek Henry is at plus four hundred. Christian McCaffrey at plus seven fifty. Plus seven fifty for Derek McCaffrey. Uh, I thought that was Saquon Barkley, plus sixteen hundred for Saquon. The workload's yeah. going to be there. That's that's a big workload for him to be able to have odds like that. I I just love that one. That one looked really really good to me.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I like I like all those really. Um, again, for me, McCaffrey just it's. If he stays healthy, he's, sure. well,
0: he's a and and comeback player of the year. Look at Raheem Mostard, plus 5,000 for Raheem. Could you imagine yeah. if he stayed healthy in that offense? Come on, man.
1: Yeah. You know what? I was looking down. I was scrolling down here. Why? I don't understand why Trey Lance is even on the list. I don't understand what he, what is he coming back from? <laughs> I, I mean I love Trey Lance don't, with the best. Don't best argue with
0: that. Let's just take it and run.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's strange, but Yeah, I always a lot of times with the the comeback play of the year, it's very narrative driven. So like like it was like pretty much a lock that Alex Smith was going to do it when he came back from that just like horrific injury. And as long as he even played a game and especially he came back, played and played a little fairly well. Like it was just like I remember before the year I told I was telling someone I was like, Alex Smith, if he plays in a game this year is a lock to win comeback player of the year. I mean, it's just so narrative driven with that. Um, and it, and I mean, it makes sense. Obviously it's called comeback player of the year. So the storyline is the whole thing.
0: Right. And that's, that's, that is important. Uh, when, when you do look at that, that, that makes some of those narratives a little bit more. Um, but I, you know, sometimes performance is in there too. So JJ Watt has the shot. Then if you're looking at narratives to be pushed, I guess at plus 5,000, he'd be a good, good Mm -hmm. one to put something on. Uh, Alan Robinson, he just tell you Matt Nagy stories to get you feeling sorry for him, and <laughs> he catches two touchdowns. He's Player of the Year. He is. <laughs> all right. Hey, go to Coach of the Year, and do okay. not quiz me on who these coaches are coaching for, because they all look the same to me nowadays. <laughs> they all look the same to me. This is a really weird list of past winners. Who who won Coach of the Year last year?
1: I couldn't even tell you to be honest.
0: Because what are we what are we looking at here when we think of Coach of the Year? In the NBA or something, it's gonna be the best, you know, the best team who's gonna run away with the title and stuff like that. You know, that's what I think of. Right. Um manager of the year in baseball is very similar. Best record kind of dictates who's gonna win some of those things. Mike Vrabel won coach of the year last year for the Titans. They finished 12 and five, and you think back to what they did without Derrick Henry, how they won games, without Antonio Brown for some of the season, Julio Jones was out for a lot of the season. Well-deserved coach of the year. And plus, if you remember Mike Vrabel doing those weird things, you know what I mean? Like he's he's pulling out the rule books and, and reading the rule books in the middle of the game, it feels like, to be able to know what all the rules are. And he kind of manipulates the situation a little bit with a, oh, whatever, the time running out on a kick or something. You know what I mean? Just weird stuff. You know, he's just, uh, Mike Vrabel. Your guy, Kevin Stefanski, won it the year before that with the Cleveland Browns. Once again, not the best record, right? But he turned the team around. Got them to the playoffs. Uh, did some good things there. John Harbaugh won it the year before that with Baltimore. Matt Nagy won it with the Chicago Bears in 2018. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Sean McVay won it 2017, but he won the Super Bowl last year and didn't win it. So we're kind of looking at that. Let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you, how many Coach of the Year awards has Bill Belichick won?
1: Man, it's probably low. It's probably low. Two?
0: Well, you say it's probably low because I asked you the question. Uh, right. Three. Three is the right answer. Three is the right answer uh, for Bill Billy Belichick winning this. So when we look at these Coach of the Year odds, <laughs> it's kind of hard to figure out who could do it. And I think it is narrative driven, like you said as well. Who has to overcome this stuff? And it's weird to see like Dan Campbell be third on the list there, kind of tied for second with plus sixteen hundred. Dan Campbell is the narrative going to be pushed for the Lions to to be able to do that? You know, I I don't know.
1: I think that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of hard knocks hype right there to me. <laughs> um, he, Dan Campbell is, I mean, I don't know if you've been watching it, but he's a, he's a fun guy. Yeah. He's a, oh yeah, yeah. 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 He's, he's, you could tell he's passionate. He's, he's a fun guy to root for. Um, he seem he seems like he'd be like a fun coach to play for. Um, yeah, he, he, he's, he's getting, he's getting that hype though, but they are the, the lions even before hard knocks were kind of a buzzy team. Um, you know, they played pretty well last year. They had some promising guys like uh, Amandra St. Brown. And uh, they have some guys like Swift, Jamal Williams. Like, Goff is solid quarterback. Their defense looks like it's could get better. So they're they're a promising team that could take another step forward, and people are expecting that. And I think that's where that combined with the hard knocks stuff mm. kind of like has pushed him up on this.
0: You know it's something I realized Pete Carroll is plus five thousand and the last one on the board next to like Lovey Smith and Arthur Smith, right? I went, oh, why did I draft any Seahawks? That's what that's what I was sitting there <laughs> looking at. It's why I draft any Seahawks whenever I look at this. Uh, Mike Vrabel is at plus twenty five hundred again. Sean McVay is at plus twenty five hundred. Does anybody jump out at you? I think like a, a Matt Lafleur if he can overcome some of those, you know, the loss of Devontae Adams at plus 2500 looks kind of like good value to me uh there cuz he he will have that narrative of losing possibly the best wide receiver in the game and still overcoming that you know
1: right i think that's a, that's what i was thinking too is like LaFleur, you know could like if the if the if the packers do go 12 and 5 this year or something like that on the backs of rodgers and LaFleur making good calls and things like that he could get that narrative like hey you know we lost we lost Devonte Adams and we still were able to, you know, be one of the best teams in the league. Um, I think I, I know, I know you're not big on my, my guy, uh, Kyler, but Cliff Kingsbury down here at the end, mm. uh, he's, he's gotten a, he's gotten a rap where he seems like their teams collapse in the second half so far the past two, three years. Um, I don't know if that's more, more, team's figuring them out or if that's more like just coincidental between like guys getting hurt and banged up all at the same time and, and uh, combined with like a tough schedule. I, I, I really don't know hundred percent, but I do think like if he's able to kind of overcome that, especially if Hopkins is suspended for the first six games, um, you know, they lost Christian Kirk. Yeah, they got Hollywood Brown, but if they were, you know, if they do end up being a team in contention, I don't think he's a bad kind of long shot uh, bet as being one of the bottom, like 10, like one of the 10 least favorites to win it. According to the odds, I would Mm -hmm. think he's better than better than that in terms of the odds to win it. Um, Tomlin's always like a decent one just because Uh, the Steelers. I mean, I don't love the Steelers, uh, but he.
0: Matt Nagy won it with Mitch Trubisky as quarterback. That's,
1: that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's a thing. And Tomlin has been, and Tomlin, most people would say Tomlin is a, objectively a better coach than Matt Nagy. So, he, the thing is, is like Tomlin has seemed like over the years he always overachieves. He always gets more out of the Steelers than, like, he, sometimes they come into the season like looking like they might not be that great, and they always, they always seem to do better than what you expect out of them. Sure. So, if they are somehow To to win more games than expected, he could he could get that narrative that he's you know been a he could get the narrative that pushed on him that one he's been such a great coach for so long always getting the best out of his teams, and two he's doing it with Trubisky. So
0: I, I, I wonder if we went and looked back at some Google Sheet somebody made of you know the odds for last season or the season before that for coaches. I wonder if there would be a clear definitive zone that they would be in in this like the you know would they all be in the plus 2500 zone or would they all be in you know what i mean like it just seems like they it seems at the end of the year like oh it should have been more obvious or something you know what i mean i, I don't know right because of what they could possibly overcome i guess um and that's that's kind of where well, uh, i i think serenini is that how you say it Nick Seren- serenini um, uh, Serini. Siri, oh, Cerini? Sirianni.
1: Sirianni.
0: Sir, oh, Sirianni. Thank you. I I, mm-hmm. you know, I butchered that. Weird thing though. I googled it just to make sure I was looking at some things right. I could buy a Nick Sirianni tumbler for drinks. I Ooh. I don't. I could buy a Nick Sirianni bag to go shopping with. I don't understand why I would buy these things. It, maybe it's a probably a a charity event or something like that. Is what maybe it was. Maybe. But yeah. But anyway, with the Philadelphia Eagles, with me liking them so much. I just wonder if they could possibly be in the mix to a plus eighteen hundred. I don't know. They're all fascinating to look at.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I I think so. I think you could even throw in like Sean McVay, obviously with the Rams. Um, you know, coming off a of Super Bowl, and if they are able to repeat or or get close to repeating with like a great regular season, and you know that that could be a narrative. And I think also Sean McDermott with the Bills, if they are finally, if the you know if if they're to if they if he's able to get the best record in the AFC, Allen gets the MVP and they're finally able to break over that hump and get to the Super Bowl, I can see McDermott being in the mix too.
0: I agree with you. Hey Rob, that's it. That's how we're done. I went over. I I mistimed my time. All right. Uh but oh, yeah, it's all right, yes. But uh got kids yelling in the other room, hey Rob. Uh, <laughs> Great job by you. Appreciate it. Put some work into those Google Sheets. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week because there's no football next week. I guess we'll be looking forward. But then we got the games coming up. I don't know what we're going to do next week. We'll see what we do. But uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. Make sure you sign up for the Baby Bowl. Get that lineup set up so make it a little life a little bit easier on Rob over there. Uh, getting that Discord if you haven't done that yet. Uh, and I'm slapping myself on the wrist when I say that, Rob. But uh, getting the Discord <laughs> over there that'd be good things. And more importantly than all those things, oh, spread the news. Spread the news about the Baby Bowl. Let's get it up there. I want to cause more headaches for rob but more importantly than all those things fit fam we always want to encourage you to have a make a make make it make an impact positive impact in somebody's life today